you get somebody bounced outside, basically you have Evander Holyfield one-on-one with a safety and <laughs> Ooh, he, he, that's good stuff right there. You said Evander. That's all right, though. That's cool. I, I, I said like Evander. It. Oh, yeah, but I like Well, that. I mean, Evander doing that, too, but yeah. yeah I was going to say. I think Any Holyfield can do that. That's fine. <laughs> Ooh, they all tingly. In the penultimate game of this college football season, the Georgia Bulldogs will face off versus the Texas Longhorns on New Year's Day. And it was just one year ago, on January 1st, that the Dogs played in and beat Oklahoma in one of the greatest college football games ever. UGA had plenty of motivation back then, competing in the Rose Bowl for the first time in 70-plus years, meeting the Sooners for the first time ever on the gridiron, and they were also in the college football playoff. But the Sugar Bowl, albeit a New Year's Six Bowl and a historic bowl game, doesn't really hold the same feeling for Georgia and its fans and even the national media. Sure, it's historic and the opponent in Texas is a superb matchup, but what's the motivation for the dogs? That's a question the three of us have on this podcast, and we try our best to parse through on this, our final episode of the 2018 calendar year. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 170 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me to break down the fifth meeting all-time between Georgia and Texas and the first matchup since the legendary 10-9 Cotton Bowl win on January 1st, 1984. We also jump into the Justin Fields transfer situation, some of the other transfer situations that are popping up, the blowouts that were this season's college football playoff, Mark Rick retiring from Miami, and we share our picks on the remaining bowl games. And, of course, we jump into some Sugar Bowl trivia and make our picks on the big game. It's a good one today. Thanks for listening and interacting with us all season long. And without any further delay, here's Will to get us started. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Well, I just got back from the uh, Georgia-Massachusetts game, 91-72. Georgia playing great. We went to the Georgia Tech game, and they looked awesome in that game, too. Georgia is figuring something out right now. Claxton looks like a potential all-SEC player right now. So uh, we'll see what happens. They play at Tennessee, and they're going to get drilled probably in the first SEC game of the year. Top five Tennessee. Yeah, top five Tennessee. So, But uh, they look a lot better than, say, Illinois basketball does. Oh, I saw your tweet. I, yeah, I'm so sorry. Lost at home to, to South Florida? Florida? The Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. Florida. This is not even like Kiffin, Florida Atlantic. And their top three starters were out. It's bad. It's very bad at Illinois basketball right now. But we don't, we're not I, – I don't want to talk about it, so I definitely want to make you guys listen to it. That, that, I saw that and I was like, oh, yeah. well. So, uh, but happy holidays. Uh, everyone had a good one, everyone had a positive one. We have a lot yeah. of stuff to cover, and, and we want to, don't want to go too long on it because Scott has to put this together. Like Ace. tonight, probably. Ace. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. I've got to have something to listen to on the drive to New Orleans. <laughs> Before midnight, it's got to be up. And you're leaving for New Orleans, Tony. Uh, Tuesday morning early. It's a 7.45 central kickoff. Right, right. Um, you can do it. Yeah. No, it's plenty of time to drive down there. Um, it, we had decided, actually, when we got back to our hotel in Atlanta, the kids were like, so what's this mean? I'm like, well, we're probably going to the Sugar Bowl. And the kids were like, can we go to the Sugar Bowl? And my experience with the Sugar Bowl is that, as Scott's found out, ticket prices are uh, usually fairly inexpensive. Uh, so we made a commitment to them. We got the same Airbnb we stayed mm-hmm. at for LSU. Very nice. Uh, which is much cheaper if you book it starting the first <laughs> than, rather than staying there New Year's Eve. 
Um, my kids, as much as I think they could learn plenty of things on Bourbon Street on New Year's Eve, they don't need to. So we are not driving down to the first. We're not coming back until the fourth. We're going to spend a few days down, go take the kids to the World War II Museum. We're going to do a few more of the touristy things. We um, World War II Museum. Uh, Alexa and I went to that. Museum. Yeah, I remember you talking yeah. about that. Uh, also, um, my ten-year-old Katie just got done reading um, St. Louis Armstrong, which is a book about a young man in New Orleans during Katrina. So we're going to go. Um, go to the lower ninth, uh, probably go up to Lakeview, just see some of the things that, and try to give the kids a sense of devastation, how different those community, those parts of that community look now compared to what they look like uh, 14 years ago. And uh, so the idea is to try to give them a cultural experience as well as a, a fun football experience. And so are you going to focus on the places that you missed dining experience wise for the LSU game and then make up for it? Were you disappointed in your effort? During oh, LSU weekend? Well, Scott, I'm, I'm rarely disappointed in my eating efforts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you left it all on the field. Um, we are going back to Commander's Palace because the kids heard us talking about that. And it's a super old school uh, New Orleans thing, and my wife loves it. Um, we are probably going to branch out and do a few lo- a little more local things close to the Airbnb. Where we stayed is on Napoleon near Magazine Street, and there are literally 50 dining options that are... Oh, yeah, just get on magazine, right? Yeah, just go magazine. 50 dining options that... And, um, I mean, lunch, is it lunch paper? Is that the name of the place? Or there's a, there's a, one of the, like one of the highest best rated restaurants in New Orleans is literally three blocks. We didn't go there because you, you got to call and get reservations, um, for example, but there's a dozen or more places just like that, that you can just walk into. And we're, we're planning on doing that. Um, I do have some work related things to do while I'm down there. There's uh, the national, uh, the American association of law schools, um, double ALS, there are annual conferences happening in New Orleans that at the same, or the second and third and fourth. So I have a couple of obligations with that, that I'm going to take advantage of while I'm there. Um, but for the most part, it's going to be go down, watch us make sure we set a new time. Uh, one that actually doesn't fit the clock this time uh, and, and beat Texas. And uh, my, my only recommendation for my time in there was uh, uh, the World War II Museum in Sylvain, if you're down, if you're oh, yeah, Sylvain. down on the, by the quarter, Sylvain is the best restaurant down there. It is fantastic. Yeah, I, I, that was yeah. one place that we rewrote so down was, about trying to get reservations maybe, maybe Thursday night. So, um, so we have a lot of stuff to cover because a lot of things have happened. Some things we want to go <laughs> deep into, some things, uh, we'll eventually obviously get into the game, but a lot of news items have popped up. Uh, we have not actually talked since Justin Fields. Uh, transfer that transfer not, portal. Yeah, yeah. it's not official transfer. Not official transfer. Portal, just like Luke Ford, who Luke Ford. I have to tell you, the Illini message boards are very excited about the fact that Luke Ford is in the port is in the is in the the transfer portal. Though it doesn't seem that that uh, I, uh, Kirby wants him to leave either. Like I, I I'm a little. No. it's weird. I, I the Luke Ford thing feels like maybe like a culture thing. Like he might not like it here. Hasn't that happened before with guys coming from up north? Down here. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's, it's my take on this. It, there's there are two takeaways I have. You can come from Illinois and enjoy Georgia. I can, yes, I can, I can, I can. this is a thing. There was a guy uh, from Indiana that came down here and then went and transferred oh, to Alabama. Indianapolis, right? Yeah. It was from Indianapolis, so maybe another tight end. My my two takeaways are this: It's like they made this process easier, slightly gave more power to the players, which is a good thing. So my first takeaway from this is that, like, if a guy doesn't, if a guy doesn't like the fit, doesn't feel like he's going to be able to get the looks he needs to look get, or whatever the reasons are, should absolutely look. The second is, man, Kirby Smart's program, the way it's run, is totally different than um, than what we've seen, for example, at Georgia before or other programs. Right? There's 
I mean, we can't really know what's happening inside the locker room, but there's zero chatter. Nothing. I mean, no one's talking about anything. Fields, it is pretty wild that Justin Fields is going to play in the Sugar Bowl. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's my first point, right? Yeah. He's, not, only, not only is he there practicing, I mean, Kirby is straight up said, we plan on him playing, yeah. right? And, you know, he... You think he's angling to say, hey, it can still be good here for you? I, I think Kirby's still recruiting the hell out of him. Yeah. And um, he should be, right? Uh, but the same goes for Ford. I mean, you know, Ford is not... I mean, he's played a few snaps, but he's not... It makes more sense for Ford to stay here, in my opinion, than it does for Fields. Right, and we and we but, can have the whole conversation right. about Fields in a second, but my, my bigger point is that... Ford feels like he's leaving because he doesn't like it here or feels uncomfortable here, whereas Fields, if he leaves, it's because he thinks he can start somewhere else. Right. Um, so, you know, but the, the bigger point is that I just... It's amazing to me how, how, Kirby's ha- how Kirby has managed to maintain the focus on the football game that's happening Tuesday night and not let this thing become a media circus because it has every potential to do so. And it hasn't. Look, look, Fields was the number one, depending on who you ask, but probably was the number one or was the number one A um, signee uh, in the nation last year, right? He came out, He came, you know, there was calls early and often for him to be the starter over Jake Fromm. There were calls that he should have started over Jake Fromm at points in the season and, you know, the SEC championship game wasn't over 20 minutes before, you know, the rumors were around that he was going to transfer. And from that point, which was, what, December the 2nd, uh, approximately 8 o'clock, to this point on December 30th, it's really been a news story for about a day. And the rest of the time, it's been, hey, it's Fields leaving or going. We don't know. We're worried about the Sugar Bowl, which is great. I think it's just perfect. The, the number of things that have, would be big stories in any other school, never mind just the two of them, that the... Not only Tucker being gone, but who's the interim guy? Right. Who's going to represent the defense of the media thing? Like, there's just a lot of like things. By the way, Lanning did a great job. Yeah. Yes. And I think he did very well for himself yeah. uh, for whatever he ends up doing next year or elsewhere. But it's just strange that, like, or these things can totally swamp, particularly a game that not a lot of people are really losing their minds over and all the intrigue that kind of surrounds around the program. <laughs> it feels, I mean, it's just wild that, like, generally speaking, I, it blows my mind that Fields is going to play in this game. Like that speaks to like that's like I mean Kellen Bryant left in the middle of the year when he could have had something on that team, like if, and could have played for a national championship. He left in the middle of the year. The idea that Fields is in the portal seems to me likely to leave, but is cool enough to not only play, run this out but play and practice with the team is it's certainly unusual. I think it also speaks well to future parents of future recruits because they're going to see how Kirby handled this just like an adult. And also like what you said, Tony, about giving the power a little bit to the players to where they don't feel like they're completely locked in because guess what? 18 to 22 year olds, they change their mind. Yeah. So 40, 40 to 44 year olds. Yeah. Uh, Do you change change your mind, Tony? Every day. So, okay. Um, So let's, Talk for a second about fields. I don't yes. want to. I don't want to. No, I think we should. I don't want to wish cast too much. I certainly don't want to crystal ball too much. But the way I see it is there's there's three things to play. The first off, if if Fields gets a waiver to play somewhere else next year, he's gone. Right. Period. Right. No, I don't think there's any doubt. He'd be a fool. He'd be a fool not to. Um, absent something really bad happened to Jake from yesterday. Uh, sad Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Well, I mean, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I think, I'm, and I'm trying. I'm, not, I'm not trying to put that in the world. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying. With that time in the in the Syracuse game when Jordan Lawrence got hurt, yeah. like whoa, yeah. maybe. Hey, remember that? State? Remember that time in the App State game two years ago? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so the second is is like 
If Fields, by the way, transfers to Washington, I'm going to be really convinced. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to make sense to me. Uh, the second is, is like, if it comes out that Jake Fromm has decided he is going to the league at the end of next year, I, I think he stays. Now, I'm, I, we can make the argument that he doesn't, and there are a lot of reasons why he doesn't. Um, I don't know why Jake Fromm would – I mean, he, would, he couldn't he wouldn't announce that. Either. You can't. I mean, he, and it would have to be an internal type thing. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I agree. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that's something to look for. Okay. And but that would, I mean, that would be irresponsible of Jake Fromm to even make that decision privately. Uh, maybe, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. And and the third is if Jake, Jake Fromm's like, oh, I ain't leaving Athens till they make me. Yeah. Well, I think feels it's a it's a push, right? Because you, you still have a chance he could leave. Um, you still are exactly the same position you would be if you went and sat out a year. Um, because he's, I mean, look. I, the speculation is he's going to Ohio State, which, by the way, how we got the kid from uh, that, flipped the kid from Ohio State. Ohio State tried to play coy with that guy's parents, and they were like, uh, "Yeah, we don't really know about that." And I'm like, oh, "If you're going to BS me now, right?" Um, so the 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 thing that I think it comes to with Fields is that you know he, whether he leaves or whether he stays, um, the only way I think he's 100 percent certain, absolutely going to leave, is if he gets a waiver from the NCAA. I think everything else is on the table, if not because. You, if you're good at Ohio State, um, who's it? Martell Tate? Right. Tate? Tate Martell. Tate Martell. I had two last names to mess with me. He up. was in that um, Netflix series, or maybe it wasn't Netflix. I don't know. It was a. They were, no, it was it was something on a different kind of streaming station where it followed Jake Fromm. I was in QB1? Yeah, QB. Oh, wow. I didn't QB, know that. Yeah, he was on that, Jake Fromm, and then some other kid yeah. um, two years ago. And so obviously he hadn't even really played yet. He's probably looking at Jake Fromm going, like, I mean, he's already you know done all this stuff in his second year, and I haven't even sniffed the field. Well, Martel Tate has not been charitable about no, this. No, he ha- has uh, not. So, yeah, I, don't, I really don't think, and, and by all accounts, people well, around the Ohio State program says this is his locker room right now. So Oklahoma makes so Oklahoma makes yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma makes plenty of so sense. Um, Miami? Well we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to Miami in a minute. Um, I will say this. I, I, I want to touch on this briefly, we don't have to go to the rabbit hole on it. The word is that if he is to apply for the waiver, it will be connected to the incident involving the baseball player. Yeah. I've heard some chatter one way or the other on that. I think that uh, I will put it this way. Uh, if you are trying to make an argument against that, even if you have, feel like you have a valid reason to do so, if, you have, if you're trying to make an argument against him getting that waiver, even if you're one of those people that's like, well, what about his sister and all that sort of stuff, you're honestly part of the problem. Like, because Kirby Smart's not making an argument. Like, Kirby, like, I'll put it this way. Kirby Smart will not argue against him getting that waiver. Absolutely There not. is no upside at all for anyone involved with the University of Georgia. Listen, the University of Georgia has already played this incident very well. Like, that, they could have screwed that up badly, and there were... Rumors that they were close to screwing that up that incident badly before they realized, nope, we need it. He's got to go. He's got to get out of here. The idea that you would go argue against Justin Fields using that would be the opposite of what Kirby Smart is doing with being pro player. With everything else. With everything else. So don't, like, all these people say, trust Kirby, trust Kirby, trust Kirby. Let this be another situation where you do so. If he tries to use that waiver, good luck to you. Thumbs up. Best of luck. We're sorry that happened. Go ahead. Have, good luck to you. Yeah. yeah. I don't see any other way around it. I'm not seeing that consistently be the viewpoint. But, well, that's, you know, it's, but uh, I, I find it difficult to argue. You know, I, the way I feel about it is, is if I were the head coach, I mean, it's plain and simple. If you don't want to be here for any reason whatsoever, that's fine. Go. Because guess what? We're Georgia. We're recruiting at a very high level. Top one, two classes in the nation. 
And like you said, we got Dwan Mathis coming yeah. in. And actually, that works well with the class separation a whole lot better than Justin Fields mm-hmm. and Jake Fromm as well. And then you get Stetson Bennett coming back in. I think we're going to be okay with or without Fields at quarterback. Well, next Fields year. was always a recruiting muscle flex in the sure first it place, was right yeah like that's what it was mm-hmm. like he obviously did not need a quarterback in that round but mm-hmm. the idea was that, like just so you know we we're going to get him anyway right. we're going to get him anyway. <laughs> yeah that's and, right and, and, it, and it, it was impressive but this was always a possibility and there is a lot of i'm trying not to get too far down message board nonsense but there's a lot of like you know Feels if he wants to go and blah 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 and I don't think he's going to get booed at the Sugar Bowl. If he does, I'm going to be extraordinarily upset at I people. I'm going to call people out if I hear them booing Justin Fields. And when I say call people out, I mean like in their face. If they're in my section booing, I'm going to turn around and I'm really going to say, "What the hell's wrong with you?" Um, first off, second off, the value of Justin Fields up until he becomes starting quarterback here was how he recruited that class. Him personally recruited people to come in that class, and two. What it what it says to player it, what what it, it basically honing the chops uh, and I think you you just said re- flexing your recruiting muscle yeah, right, right. right so you know, that that value has already been earned and I and I hate to look at it in terms of earning value from an eighteen year old but for people that want to say well he's done nothing for the like blah 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 except for just taking a scholarship nah screw you buddy you got it wrong I'm sorry just go just go back down and whatever it is where, you know whatever world it is you live in that you think if that's the way you think about it yeah. just turn in your red black please word, get out of here word. preach 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 so um okay so well either way we'll probably we'll see fields playing that's that is no matter what happens with field leaving whether he leaves where he stays it's an impressive achievement to be in a situation where he where he would you think maybe he wants to redeem himself where his last play at georgia isn't that, isn't that fake I mean, punt <laughs> yeah i'll be I'm I'd leave that. a bad taste the, in anybody's mouth himself is not a fair way to put it right mm-hmm. but he just doesn't want that yeah his last yeah play. I'm, he certainly didn't do anything I'm wrong. still cool with that. <laughs> so, um, and other than call a timeout that the coaches wouldn't, um, yeah, well, that would be the only thing he could have done. Yeah, but uh, we'll move on quickly from that so we don't start bashing our head against the wall. So, um, so one other thing about players who um, may or may not play in the Sugar Bowl, we all know by now that DeAndre Baker will not play, which is the right move, mm-hmm. the smart thing to do. And if you think otherwise, refer to my prior comments about <laughs> Justin Fields transfer. I mean, this is even more of a slight yeah. than that. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Um, There's been some rumors of Samir White practicing. He's not playing this game. Everybody calm down. Um, It looks like uh, James Cook will not play. He injured his foot in uh, early bowl practice, maybe the first week after, and he's done. Um, Looks like Jordan Davis will be back. Um, And, of course, DeAndre Walker will be back in wrecking shop. Anybody the name of, like, Ben Cleveland? Yeah, they've been practicing. They're they're running him second team right now. I'll be really surprised you don't see him a bunch. Okay. Um, Um, One thing I would like to say about Baker, it actually speaks, it kind of connects to the Fields thing, which is the fact is Baker originally said he was going to play. mm -hmm. And I think some people have taken that the wrong way, being like, well, he said he was going to play. Was he going to play? The impressive thing is that he did not immediately say, Oh, obviously. I'm right, I'm out. Yeah. Like the fact that he wanted to, like, there was, like, he rethought it and he wisely. No, I just the coaches went to him, it's like, bro, yeah, you dude, can't do like, this. come on. Yeah. There's, like, like, do you see what tickets, tickets yourself this game on seven? Yeah. Like, don't bother. Well, had Georgia been playing in the Sugar Bowl last year, Roquan Smith wouldn't have played. Probably not. I, and I want to talk about the Absolutely. tickets. I have, I have a theory about the tickets, yeah. but I won't talk about that. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get that in a second. But, like, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Roquan Smith would have not played in the game. And listen, Roquan Smith, by the way, like, remember, he held out. And, and it's totally paid off for him. And now the Bears have won the division in large part because they have this incredible defense now. Yeah. Like, the, like, 
smart business decisions are made by smart people and Roquan Smith clearly paid off is what DeAndre Baker's doing. I think Baker could potentially go almost as high. As yeah, he's going to be a top 10 pick. So uh, it would be absolutely foolish to play. And I, but I, to me, that's the thing that I thought was telling is that originally he was like, yep, I'm playing. And that's a strange, in- like, it's an impressive instinct to have. Mm-hmm. The idea, like, you know what? I still want to do this until everyone said, don't, don't, don't do this. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so. you know, but, but you know, on the same side, someone might say, well, DeAndre Walker or Jonathan Ledbetter, they're probably projected to third round, so they can improve their draft, draft stock with this. Yeah, and that's, I mean, frankly, that's why Jared Stidham played in the Music City Bowl. He improved He did, stock. definitely did improve right. his stock. Uh, now, he's not going to be playing against Purdue's defense every year, uh, every week in the NFL. For the but, wow, that was a great moment. Yeah. Um, the So, you know, that's... I, I, Look, I, you're going to show up and fight with the team you have, right. and there are some there are some teams that. Um, well, I mean, Will Greer sat out from West Virginia. I think no doubt they lost that game because Will Greer didn't play. But no one at West Virginia is mad, except for maybe Daniel Holgerson, who probably lost some money on the contract. And frankly, he can't really be mad at a kid. Is like, man, I I got a nine year old, however old Will Greer. Yeah, kid he has is. a kid. Um, He's probably is a nine year old, right? I mean, he's been married to the Instagram model forever. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want you want to have a really hard time recruiting in the future, yeah, get really yeah. mad at a player, get, for get not a player the de- deciding he wants to go to the league yeah. and doesn't want to get hurt, yeah. right? In so. a game that that we, I think we've all collectively meaningless is not fair, but not for a not for the ultimate prize, which we've all decided now in right. the playoff world. And the Sugar Bowl, by the way, the Sugar Bowl is not a meaningless game. Of course, of course. And we have we have the opportunity to finish third, potentially second. I'm not saying we would jump Clemson if it seems unlikely. It, it seems unlikely. I mean, if Alabama puts it on Clemson, like Clemson put it on Notre Dame, it's possible. Yeah. Although probably finish third, yeah. maybe fourth, probably third. Um, not just that, you end up putting yourself in a position to really jumpstart conversation about next season. Third week of the season, Notre Dame comes into town. It's uh, you. You really do put yourself also in a great for that that second period signing and also getting two thousand twenty kids excited about your program. Yeah, and though I will say after uh, what Notre Dame did in that bowl game, I feel like Georgia has to kill them now. Yeah, it almost feels that. that <laughs> yeah, would be there's been too much smack talk for us to go in there and fiddle fart yeah. around with Texas. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Well, well, I want to get into that. I want to get into that. I want to. I definitely want to talk about. That the yeah. playoff, the people like why we should have been here, including by Georgia players, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, but we need to touch on one thing before we get into playoff, Sugar Bowl game, so on, and that is this morning. Mark Richt, Mark Richt, former Georgia coach, uh, announced he was retiring uh, as coach from Miami. Um, my, uh, my theory on this is uh, well, two things. One in the immediate, one's that in the in the immediate sense, which is that he was going to have to make major changes, and I think he. I think just he looked at himself and said, I don't want to do that. And one of the major changes would be fire his son. Yeah. Yeah. He had to make major changes for a situation that might not have worked for a guy who, I got to say, if I'm Mark Richt, I don't know how much I feel like I need to freaking prove at this job, particularly this job that is a much tougher job than Georgia was. Right. And it's only year three. Not, yeah. It's not really engaged. So I get it. Uh, there's a little part of me that wonders if this was always was really something he wanted to do. Like, I know it's like, oh, is his home is where he went to school and so on. And he, listen, he had a great recruiting class last year. Like, clearly he was engaged by what was going on. But, like, you know, losing, uh, what's his name, to Temple? Yeah, uh, DS. Uh, yeah, losing him, to, losing him to Temple and all the problems they had on offense and stuff he's going to have to do with his son. I think it made sense for him to do it. I wonder if there's a little part of him that maybe didn't want... 
I feel like Miami was. I mean, think back to that press conference, right? Think back to that press conference with McGarity. Yeah, yeah. Where McGarity was basically talking about Rick as if he were retiring. Yes. And at the time, you wondered if maybe he was. Like you wonder. Like, listen, I put it this way: if the Miami job was not open. Oh, I think he had taken a year or two off. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's the thing. Yeah. And I wonder if that year or two off would have eventually become. You know what? I'm done. I feel like Miami was there and it made sense. But did he have a driving passion to? I mean, a lot of people would argue that one of the problem problems with Rick in the first place is he didn't have the driving insanity <laughs> of a. Kirby Smart or Debra Sweeney or Nick Saban in the first place. It's kind of what it takes nowadays. It like. it, 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 to me, if I'm Mark Rick, I look at it like you know what. I've done well here. Sure. I've done well here. And uh, if you're asking me, you know what, to make this thing work, to be what you have to be in college football today, I'm going to fire my son and completely start over with this stuff. I can see him say, you know what, never mind. That's not Mark Rick. Yeah. And and look, you have to... Even if if that is what probably need to happen. And and I hate hate to use the term throwback because that's not exactly right. Mark Rick was anachronistic in among college football coaches because a lot of college football coaches say... They want to make when they want to build young men and blah, and all that stuff. He means it. He, I think he means it in a way that is not only is not only authentic and sincere, but also is different in the way. I mean, I I, I don't want to speak ill of Dabo Swinney, for example, but um, if if he's been able to do what Mark, if he's been able to be sincere in the same way Mark Rick was, and also keep his keep his team together the way he is, great. That's good for him. Um, you know, I think. I think Nick Saban means that when he says that, but he means that in the context of and help my team win championships yeah. um, in a way that he Mark Rick it, never did. Right. Mark Rick means it first. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not and not means, and, and, not but. Right. Just period. Right. And then listen, if championships happen out of that, great. that is great. That's what we're trying to do here. But that's what he does first. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, I wrote, I wrote about this I have a piece on, on NBC on, for NBC News this week about the weirdness of Again, we don't go down this rabbit hole, but like everybody starts it. Like it's weird that Urban Meyer is getting like a hero send off in that game, which is like he's like, sickening. Like it's, it's the totally word you're looking strange, for. But like I have to say, this is like no one brings up what happened with James Franklin and Vanderbilt in that <clears> case, <throat> and he went to Penn State for crying out loud, a place that just dealt with that. Like clearly, the sport isn't sweating that stuff too much anymore. If Urban Meyer can survive what he survived this year and then get a Hero send off and go teach a class about ethics afterwards. Yeah, this is not a Mark Rick world anymore. No, it's like not. it's just not, and uh, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like if that's what we want, like this, this again goes back to our original conversation and we had on this podcast from the very beginning the idea of the Georgia way, which I don't. I'm not putting singling Georgia out here. This is just not what college football is now, and I don't believe any coach that says it anymore. Like I just don't. I don't believe that. I just don't. That doesn't yeah. mean, and, and maybe, that's fair. Yeah, I just don't. And and uh, that, and I don't mean great to him, but like I people believe Durbin Meyer, people believe Joe Paterno, people believe Art Bryles, and people believe James Franklin, and these are the dudes at the absolute top of their fields. And so for me, it's just not a world for Mark Ricks anymore. And there will be people listening to this right now that will say, "Yeah, good." We're about winning a title, and I'm glad we're not fiddle-farting around with maker making great men anymore. And that's fine, but, like, know that there's a price. And I'm not saying there's a price because of Kirby Smart or, like, saying it like he specifically or anything like that at all. I'm just saying that if you move the sport away from people like Mark Richt, there will be a reckoning. 
I don't mean in Georgia. I mean in general. I, and I would say that there, um, the sports always had the win first mentality out there. I mean, Barry Switzer is a good example. Franklin Bear Bryant was, but that's yeah. I mean, people like totally forget that whole thing, right? Right, and let's. But you know, having said all of that, Though they also um, forget how Wally Butts was a part of that too. But well, we well, that's Lion Furman Bisher. So, you know, the the one thing I want to say is that um, you know, Mark Richt, Mark Richt's family still lives in Athens. Um, I have every. I have every confidence that, that Mark and Catherine will wind up back living in Athens. Um, in, he may well be given a role in the athletic department, which is fine with me. 100% fine with me. Um, I can't imagine anyone having a problem with that. No, well, I mean, but people, are, people suck, so they could. Um, more to the point, I can't imagine Kirby Smart having a problem with that. No, I, why would you? Right. Wait, no, I, I don't think you, I don't think you, and, you and, would. And it's he, not, he certainly didn't when he took the job. And this is not a Barry Alvarez thing where like, he's like, uh-oh, this guy's <laughs> lurking over my head. <laughs> or, like, I don't think that, yeah, I, I don't or think Or Phil that, Fulmer. Yeah, yeah, I don't think yeah. Phil being a much better example. Like, I don't think that Kirby needs to be like, no. uh, it's going to be like, oh, Rick's here. I hope he's not tapping, like, I don't think Rick's not going to do that, and Kirby's not going to sweat it. So no, my point was just that if uh, if he does wind up here, just just hold your powder for a few minutes and and just think about what you're saying because you know we can and I've said this plenty of times. Um, Kirby has taken Georgia's football program to a place that Mark Rick didn't, and that is an undeniable fact. Maybe we got close under Rick, but it's just it, it feels different. It looks different, and it is different, but. Kirby would not have done it this quickly without the work that Mark Rick put in over all those years. And I, I, imagine if that class of all those guys, uh, Chubb and all yeah, they took all, together, yeah. and that, let, let's say they win eight games last year, mm-hmm. and then build to the, what they have this year. Right. Like, yeah. first off, we'd be a lot more excited about yeah, this That's year. right. The Super Bowl would be <laughs> super excited. <laughs> well, you really have to have the Super Bowl. So, so Coach Rick would be a lot more expensive. Yeah. Coach, Coach Rick, I know, I know you listen. Uh, we'll always have a place for if you want to appear on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Let, before we get into the game itself, let's talk about this playoff conversation. Mm, okay. Please. Let's yes. talk about this playoff conversation. I'm fine with four. Yeah. Any more? I, I, I prefer. I long preferred eight. I personally yeah. prefer sixteen. But okay. eight to me seems. I'm fine with eight. I'm yeah. I, well. I'm not, fine, I'm not fine with eight. eight it's is happening. Happening. Um, like, uh, we, but we've said before that eight's happening. Now eight is really happening. It might not happen next year, though. It's worth noting. It would not shock me if they tried. So. I think the question you're really asking is, should Georgia have been left out? Yeah, we should have been left out. We didn't win our conference. We lost a game to somebody that didn't win their division earlier. Yeah, looking at the project on the field last night, it's easy easy for us to say Georgia was better than Oklahoma. It's easy for us to say Georgia's better than Notre Dame. Um, But our quibble is not really with the selection this year. Our quibble is the selection is, is the is the rubric they laid out for what they want to select. Exactly. I think and, that's the big... If you read any article, you just search college football playoff on Google and hit news yeah. on all the latest articles. They're all saying the same thing right. about the, the, the way that the it's, committee did it. And the, and the problem is, is the committee... Um, part of the problem is, is that the committee sends a lot of mixed messages because they have to get up and talk for an hour for seven straight weeks. You can't miss seven. Will's on TV all the time, right? How hard is it to come up with something new and interesting to say oh, without so duplicating yourself? holding me to account for anything that I say. Nobody cares. Right. So it'd be so hard. That's the thing. Is you're exactly right. And if we, if we never heard from them, like the problem is, is there is no, this comes back, it's the same thing as instant replay. Same kind yeah. of general concept. It goes back to this idea that like we all think there's an answer. 
And if we just have a strict set of parameters, we'll be able to come to some sort of objective truth. But you can't. You can't. And so what they do is they pick what they think are the best four teams. Right. Sometimes they use this. Sometimes they use this. Sometimes they use this. And whatever thing that they say that you can later use against them when your team doesn't make it, that is what you're going to hang on to. And that's what Georgia fans are hanging on to. And I get it. I get it. If you go over the idea of the best. But again, the la- I'm of the belief that I don't want this being done by recruiting rankings, which feels like a lot of time. People want to include like recruiting rankings in no. like, the concept of this, no. which seems absolutely insane to me. And otherwise, like USC should be considered like a lot of these things. Like, listen, Tennessee wouldn't be ranked in basketball if you did that. Do I? Right? That's exactly right. And do, so, do I think Georgia was one of the best four teams? Yeah, I do. I think I, I think the playoff clearly showed, made that argument. Though again, Georgia has not played Texas yet, and I know it's a game that doesn't matter as much. But Dude, like, <laughs> if you don't like Schadenfreude, that's it. Schadenfreude. You don't like Schadenfreude, and you're a Georgia fan. Oh. Let us lose that football game. Um, I give guarantee you, everyone in the Midwest and the uh-huh. West, no, the world and the world, the like world. everybody but the, the, the SEC and even probably them are rooting for Texas in this game. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. In the same way that you know that they, and I guess, I, I guess for the one time, I, I, the same way that everyone in the SEC is rooting for LSU over Central Florida. Oh yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's very, I feel like it's very similar. Yeah, I feel yeah, like it's very similar. So sorry, I didn't. I just, you I just, understand what Georgia fans are saying. I, I, I get it. Yeah, are we one of the four best? Yes. Lose to LSU. I'm sorry, just don't lose to LSU. Or if Alabama. They not lost to LSU. Or Alabama. Of course, but like if they not lost to LSU, they would have made it. Yeah. And they got wiped out by LSU in every bit as convincing a fashion as Notre Dame just got wiped out by Clemson. Yep. And in a more convincing fashion than Oklahoma just got wiped out by Alabama. Yep. So I don't want to hear it. Like, I, I just don't. I'm I, with you. I don't want to hear. It. I understand. I mean, look, it's easy to look at the the selection process and say. They messed up. Sure, that's easy to look at. But the reality is, is they could put Ohio State in, and Ohio State given Clemson a much better game, right? Because you know we we've now in our in our hindsight we looked and seen at the game that Clemson and Notre Dame had. Uh-huh. I think more people are just upset or having a beef with Notre Dame being Mister Independent, Mister National Team, Mister Play One Last Game, and not play in a conference. I think that's the biggest sticking point with with people around the country. And that's not un- and it's a fair. It's not unfair. I mean, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame, um, Notre Dame's schedule was was better than Clemson's. Oh yeah. Um, um, UCS, UCS was almost better than Clemson's. But yeah, hey. But Clemson's in the conference and played that extra game against Pitt. Pitt. Like it. Well, I think a lot of people think it should have been Clemson versus Notre Dame in the ACC championship. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool mean, with that. That that's a that's a different argument. Yeah, yeah. that's a different argument. But the idea that you have an undefeated Notre Dame team. That beat Michigan, that beat USC, that beat Stanford, that uh, like, that beat uh, Northwestern, that beat like you know teams that are in top tier bowls. For me, again, more good teams than Clemson beat in that regard. You just can't leave them out. You cannot leave them out and have the way that college football is structured continue to be structured that way. Do you yeah. think 2012 and 2018 will now be kind of sort of held against Notre Dame in future potential years if they're undefeated or have one loss? Well, I mean, if it goes if it's six years again before they get in, no, it won't be held against them. Right? Well, if they go undefeated next year, they're going to make it because they'll beat Georgia. Right. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It depends on how we are. Um, it, it really depends, right? Part of it is like you, 
I mean, remember, we also had a little bit of a different year this year, and then we had three undefeated teams. This is the first time ever. First time ever we had two undefeated teams in the championship. We're going to have a first time 15-0 and 0, yeah. um, at, since, like, Princeton in 1888 or something. Um, so, you know, it, it, it really depends on how long it is because people do – you do forget. I mean, we the, the punchline has been for five years, uh, that Notre Dame team, blah, blah, blah. The SEC championship was a real championship game that year. Um, but you know, no one held it against them this year when they went 12-0. and 0, So Also, there's a non-zero chance this is going to eight next year. Like, I yeah. don't think it's going to. Yeah. I think, but there is a non-zero chance that they push for it next year. And we'll, we'll, the point that Will brings up, and before you start rolling your eyes at this, is like, when you get Jim Delaney talking about it, that's oh, a totally. that's that's that, I mean, right now probably the SEC is the biggest impediment to it happening, right? Um, and there are a lot of different- I don't think anyone thinks that. Just I, want, I feel like I want to defend everyone about this. They're not getting rid of the FC championship game. It's not happening. No, 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 they're not getting rid of it. The initial no, story. No. Shout out to Nicole Auerbach, my, my longtime friend, who broke the original story about how they might be going to eight, and then had Jim Delaney, which to me was a huge thing. It was a- when Delaney came out and said, "I want to go eight. That changed the conversation. Yeah. Like, whatever your thoughts... Like, listen, the only reason the Big Ten has so much power and gets all the stuff they do is because Jim Delaney is a huge freaking name in the sport. Mm-hmm. And hugely powerful. And for him to say, I'm up for going eight, that's... that's going eight. That's a game changer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going eight. And that was the first time I thought, uh, they may even try it next year. Yeah. Like, that was the first time I had that thought. But they will not... Get rid of the of the conference championship. Games. Well, I think the other thing is the TV ratings. I think it was a ten four share. What was that com- compared to fifteen five last year? Yeah. for the championship games. I mean, it, I think Andy Staples said that college football was broken, or the college football playoffs was broken. Well, that's where the SEC championship got incredible. Oh yeah. sure, yeah. So you know, <laughs> I, I mean, mean everybody's got to take. It, and the, the thing is, is like like you. So many of these things are matchup dependent too, right? I mean, the, the national championship game is not going to draw. It's the third time the teams have played in four years. It's not interesting. It's just not interesting, right? And it's not this Poor not will. Not interesting. <laughs> and no, it's not even. It's not interesting. I get to fly across the country, get a place paid for, and watch a football game. Sure. Yeah. Um, don't, don't pour me. Well, I mean, in that stadium. And but what if I have to take the media bus and it takes too long? And Imagine Dragons. Uh, <laughs> That's true. You know what? Pour me. <laughs> pour me. So, so speaking of the Sugar Bowl, though. Yeah. Um, yes. That's so so we, I've seen a lot of chatter about, oh, no one from Georgia showing up. There have been people smarting off about, you know, the get-in price and all this. So my take on this, I've talked to a lot of people who are going. Um and, and Scott, you you talked about your experience of selling tickets and what you got for them. Um, the Georgia, most of the Georgia block are really not great tickets, um, and the teams only get like thirty one thousand seats between the two teams. The place holds seventy five thousand, which means there are an awful lot of seats out there of people who are just simply money making, right? I mean, because I got I may end up getting club level seats for below face, but I turned around and sold yeah. a pair I had, but just because I had a pair. Um, for about what you sold them for. Um, so, I, and, but, but this is an opportunity for people to go to the sugar. I mean, there are people who wouldn't have access to tickets or going to the sugar bowl because, well, ticket prices are cheap. I'm taking my kids because yeah, ticket yeah, prices yeah, yeah. are cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, look, it, it, do I think it's going to be 60, 40 Texas? Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. This, this is more exciting for them. I mean, they're, they are, this is, a, this is a sign that they're moving in the right direction. Right. I, I wouldn't say they are where we were last year. Um, uh, but because I, the, the, right. you can't lose to Maryland to be that. But, um, but there were Clemson was in like 11, three years 12, ago. I'd say three or four years ago. 13, like, maybe? Yeah, 13. Yeah. 13. Right. 13. Right. 
Well, I mean, it remains to be seen if there were Clemson where they're headed towards. They're, that's what, that's what they, they think. They, they think right. they are. Yeah. Um, so, you know, before we get, you know, pearl clutching over, Georgia's not going to show up. Georgia's going to show up. There's going to be a bunch of Georgia fans there. It's, I think the team's going to show up after what happened last night. Even. I mean, look, did you, did you went to the, you went to the Sugar Bowl 02, right? Yeah. I mean, the place was crazy loud. And I mean, I, I know, I personally know a guy that had 25 tickets to sell. I remember walking into the Sugar Bowl, seeing people with six tickets yeah, in their trying hands, just trying them. to get twenty bucks for them, and that was the first time George had been to the Sugar Bowl in, in ages. Years. Yeah, yep. It's, so just, it's just you know that's just what happened since the end of the Herschel run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you're not going to get the demand unless you're in the college football playoff. Oh, I think you'll get the demand for some things, but the Sugar yeah, Bowl George just, had been playing in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, th- I mean, that's that an easy trip. That ticket would have been a lot um, more expensive. Yeah, I just think I think the Sugar Bowl, for whatever reason, and probably has to, has to do with ticket distribution and that Georgia was in, in Baton Rouge this yeah. year. Um, that, which is that's don't a big that. that's a right. big right 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 yeah. right. I mean, but I think there are also a lot of Georgia fans who ordinarily wouldn't be given the opportunity to go because of ticket prices and whatnot who are going. Sure. So I, like, you can get in right now on like, some like twenty five dollars for twenty two bucks. Yeah. 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 So that's glad I sold my tickets when I did. Yeah, you may I got have fifty hit. for them. Yeah, well, and, like, uh, for the record, like the same thing with the Peach Bowl, Florida, Florida, Michigan, it was like hundred and fifty bucks the Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, so, if, if, if it had been Georgia, Michigan, or the Peach Bowl, yeah, those it, tickets would have been, been one hundred fifty bucks more, or more. Yeah, yeah. probably three hundred. So, yeah. um, so we have. Um, We've talked around the college football playoff, the semifinals. Of course, by now, if you you listen to our podcast, you know that Alabama and Clemson are meeting. Um, don't, don't spoil it. Don't, don't spoil it. I was about to oh say that. Um, we do have a few more games to pick uh, to, uh, for us internally for fun office mm-hmm. pools, although I am currently in fifth place. I've had a very good run. Um, mm-hmm. So um, we also have a football game to talk about. Yes. Um, so let's I was say I want to win. Like the more I get closer, the more I get. Oh like, sure. Oh, winning this game. I've been no. So yeah, yeah. so I I made I made a snarky Twitter comment. I know you're surprised. <laughs> and uh, about right now, some Sooner fan is talking about how much they hate Texas in in this game. The Texas fans are not going to be the same way uh, against Oklahoma fans. And if they are, I'm going to be really mad because you can't have two little brothers. That's not a thing. I mean. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I've taught my kids the horns down symbol because I'm a good Georgia fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taught them what time is it in Texas because the same. Um, but I expect um, I expect a fun game, uh, a fun crowd. It's New Orleans after all. Um, but I'm not worried about Georgia not showing up. And when I say not showing up, I mean the football team. Yeah, um, I don't mean the fans. I'm more concerned about the fans than I am the team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not worried about either. Really, I know. I'm really not worried about the football team showing right. up. Right. So, how do you feel about the twelve and a half point spread? Um, it feels it feels close to right. I've, I mean, it it has closed a little bit, which I've found to be surprising. But I think that probably has something to do with, um, you know, Texas's quarterback and how they like to move the ball, and the fact that our top cornerback is going to be out more than anything else. I just think it means there's a little more variance in what the score is going to be. Um, we. You're just getting the straight up game evaluation. We'll do picks later. Um, you know, offensively, Texas really likes to go through there. They don't. They don't particularly run the ball well. Um, in a lot of ways, they're kind of what um, the kind of what you would have expected to see out of uh, Missouri, which gives me a little pause, mm-hmm. uh, just because of what happened in the first half of that game. But they don't. Um, 
the downsides they don't have their defense is smaller than Missouri's, although Missouri's defense is small. The primary difference is, is our offensive philosophy is wholly different than it was when we played Missouri. And um, this is a different team. It's a different team. It's a different football team. Um, and not only a different football team, but you know, Will, you talked about the last podcast about how Georgia peaked at the right time, got got hot at the right time. And it wasn't really get hot; it just really started playing their best football. Yeah, right I, I don't think they like like stumbled across something. No, I think no, they no. pulled it together. Frankly, in a way not dissimilar from what they did last year after they lost Auburn. Yeah, right, right. And it took, I mean, it took four or five games for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we there was some hand wringing earlier, at least on my part, to, because I was worried about that. But I, you know, I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about what. What Texas can do. I mean, all across the board, Georgia's a better football team. Yeah. Um, defensively, they they have a smaller defensive line. They like to shift a lot. They like to they like to bring their linebackers up into the gap. That actually is a nice little time for us to showcase Isaac Nalda. Um, and frankly, if you figure out a way to bump um, Swift outside or Holyfield up the middle, man. I mean, I mean, Holyfield's going to hunt, and I get he he needs forty four yards to be a, be a second thousand yard rusher for Georgia. Um, he's getting those yards. He might get them on the second, <laughs> first, second, or third run. He's getting yeah. Even if even if they stack against him, he's getting those yards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has people with intent. Um, it, well, I think the matchup you really want to focus on when Texas is on offense, they have two six four plus. Wide receivers, you've got uh, Humphrey and yeah. Johnson. Lil Jordan Humphrey, right? His yeah. name is Lil like tall dude. Jordan. Yeah, tall yeah. That's the one place that's Lil Jordan. Me, yeah. But, you know, you got Mark Webb and Eric Stokes. Uh, because of not having DeAndre Baker, you know, Webb's going to be forced in there. Gosh, it's been so long since I've talked Georgia football. Number three on defense, the quarterback freshman is? On Georgia defense? Yeah. Campbell? Campbell, okay. yes. I was. I wanted to call him Callaway for some reason, <laughs> but I think him moving in there with uh, Webb and Stokes, you know, on matching up against uh, Colin Johnson and Little Jordan Humphrey, um, <laughs> and Little Jordan is six foot four. Colin Johnson's six six. Um, like Tony said, I mean, they've combined just the two of them over two thousand yards uh, receiving and seventeen touchdowns. So they are tar- targeted a lot. They throw it to one of them about eighty times, and the other one caught sixty five passes. So. You think back to some of the other um, big-time receivers Georgia has gone up against this year. They've been tested with Alabama's receiving core. Uh, they they did okay against, uh, like, Jerry Judy. I mean, they had some drops, you know, and Smith, Alabama's tight end, kind of gave us some. But, uh, you know, the one place I get a little bit nervous, and I know we can kind of slough this off to second third team, is uh, remember Andy Isabella for UMass? Yeah, um, setting a oh. receiving record that that concerns me a bit because DeAndre Baker was out in the third and fourth quarter a lot when they kind of poured it on. So it. yeah, so uh, there, it isn't all just uh, sunshine and rainbows, you know, thinking that we're going to just go in there and dominate Texas, kind of like how Clemson dominated Notre Dame. I do think it's going to be a four quarter game. But without giving a prediction, I think that Georgia will pull it out. I do think that losing Baker it's gonna be is going to be hard. Yeah, it's not like they got a bunch of six foot receivers running around out there. But does that speak more, even more and more about how everyone is kind of chill about this game? That like the thing that the the thing that worries me about Georgia this game is the secondary. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that the main dude that is the reason the guys kind of held the secondary together all year. He's not playing, and we're all like, yeah, we get it. It's cool. Totally understand. That's the thing you worry about, right? Mm-hmm. Is now, on one hand, hey, that's a good test for next year. That's a good test because they're going to have to be able to play next year. But it's not next year. It's right now. And this is an actual game where Texas is not only motivated, but, like, really wants to show that, like, we're – like, they beat Oklahoma this year. 
Like this is not a like this is this is Herman justifying what he's trying to do. A win over Georgia would be absolutely huge. Yeah, a team, a team that's been top five all season. Yeah. Um, so you know, defensively, I, I think the one thing we want to be careful of, uh, Ellinger, their quarterback, is kind of like what Nick Fisher tried to be last year. Um, somebody that's always a threat to run. I mean, he's the third league rusher. I mean, they all they have he have three they have three rushers over six hundred yards. And he's had a month of rest um, now because they've been injured at the end of yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he is a threat to to tuck the ball and run. Um, they're fairly efficient throwing the ball. Uh, a lot of you know, quick quick hits, quick outs. Um, you know, and I'm not. It wouldn't surprise me to see us blitz more than we saw. And you know, kind of the the rap on Georgia this year, we had a lot of hand wringing over the lack of sacks. Right. Uh, we ended up with 22, which is kind of middle of the pack. Um, but we saw some of this in the SEC championship game where we 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 ran a few more stunts from different and different looks that we hadn't run in the season. I wouldn't be surprised if we do that some this year because frankly, I think we have the athleticism in the linebacking core to keep Ellinger contained. And we don't have a Roquan Smith back there, but I think Walker can do the job sufficiently um, to, to make it uh, at least them them think about it. And you know this is probably going to be a game of attrition, <laughs> just yeah. like I mean, I mean, they could jump out to a two touchdown lead, and I won't feel very worried about it. Um, well, I, I, frankly, I think that's how Texas wins, right? Is they they like they want to they're going to try to throw. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but if we, we jump out to a two touchdown lead, I think you can go ahead and switch over. Well, there's nothing else on. It's the only game yeah, on that night. It's but, the, but still, the next last game. Yeah, yeah. then you can go to bed. You can yeah. go to bed, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. It will be late. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think. I mean, look, the, the, the primary worry I would have, the path to victory here for Texas is for Georgia to come out flat, um, allow Ellinger to establish the passing game, and then kind of lose herself in uh, defensively lose ourselves um, and start trying to do too much. And, I mean, that's looks a little bit like the LSU game minus us looking bad on offense. It's just hard for me to fathom us looking bad on offense. Defensively, they're not great. I mean, they're middle of the pack. Um, they don't they don't stop the run particularly well to make up for that. They don't stop the pass particularly well. Um, you know, they – when you sit back and look at the S&P Plus uh, stats, I was just looking at that. Hold on. Sorry, I put my computer down. Well, if you see if you see Georgia averaging over five yards a carry, um, anytime they did that, they they won this year. Anytime they averaged less than five yards a carry, they lost against LSU and Alabama. So they won against USC at a fifty three percent win expectancy. That's a point seven. Um, they won the first time against Oklahoma, eight percent win expectancy. Um, they absolutely should have lost that. Game. They should have lost that game. <laughs> they beat Texas Tech. 20% win expectancy. They beat Kansas by seven points. <laughs> right. So, I mean, look, they, uh, they, this is a football Imagine team. the nightmare if Georgia beat Kansas by seven points. We would be losing our minds. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, wh- what, what Texas does is that, I mean, this is not, I mean, this isn't the, the Vince Young Texas. If you're, if you're envisioning them coming out here and sling the ball, ball around the yard, that's not what they do. I mean, they, they are perfectly fine. Essentially doing what Georgia did with Grayson Lambert, uh, which is, you know, we're fine taking four yards of pass play. We're perfectly fine with that because we know that if we do that enough, either we're going to break a long one, you're going to get complacent, and we're going to run the ball, or eventually we're just going to get in the end zone. And they're fine doing that. Um, I just think Georgia has the dudes to stop them from doing that with any consistency. And that's why, that, I mean, am I worried about losing this game? Yeah, I am have, have, have nightmares about it, but I'm not particularly like, 
man, I think we're going to lose this football game. You know, offensively, they do like to they do like to try to shift around those little off, those little defensive linemen. The the downside about that is that you have to really be disciplined when you block um, because they will bring up linebackers to fill those gaps. The upside to that is you get somebody bounced outside. Basically, you have Evander Holyfield one on one with a safety and. <laughs> Ooh, he, he, that makes me feel tingly in my my, my privates. That's good <laughs> stuff right there. You said Evander. That's all right. Though. That's cool. I, I, I like said Evander. It. Oh yeah, but I like. Well, that. I mean Evander doing that too. But yeah, yeah I was gonna say I think any Holyfield can do that. That's fine. <laughs> Ooh, <They> all, tingly. <laughs> the the run up the, the fire up your leg. Um, no, I think so too. And and I also cannot let a reference to Grayson Lambert uh, slide by. Just remind you that, like, that's where that's. I actually kind of love that analogy because mm-hmm. Texas right now is like, oh, Ellinger, he's fine. He can yeah. do it. Yeah. He can do it yeah. in the same way that all of us were with Lambert back then. Like, oh, no, he can do it. Did right. you see 23 for 24? He's going to be great against Alabama. And then you face Alabama, it doesn't work. So that's my thing. I, I don't know if we're eventually going to do predictions, so we'll get to this. But uh, I understand the worry about this, but. If Georgia shows up and is ready to go the way that it certainly seems to me that they're ready to go, uh, this should go a certain way. Yeah, and this is going to be fun for us. Yeah, the thing I had written down was one of the first things you said, Tony. I wrote, remember, comma, Texas lost to Maryland. (laughs) Right. And they have the past two seasons. They, and remember, they lost to Maryland the week after all the Durkin stuff happened. And yeah. All like this the oh, night. Yeah, they lost to hell. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I forgot about that part. Well, a win for Georgia would be 12 wins and two straight seasons for Georgia. The Dogs won 12 plus games only two times under Bark Rick's 15 year tenure. Texas has not had 10 wins since 2009. So there's a lot of numerical history to be had it doesn't matter which team wins they're going to be uh, gunning for some something historic yeah. also they're unlike Notre Dame they're not going for their fifth consecutive bowl loss what was it I saw that Notre Dame has not won a big bowl game in oh, however many years long time long time 15 20 I, I haven't seen I don't remember I haven't record, seen I'm curious I, I don't want to get too, too much rabbit on this but like I wonder if that game would have been a little different if that fumble at the beginning I agree like I don't know if I agree with that call. I, well, you and know what? Someone, someone on Twitter said, "Hey, uh, the refs need to realize the football's not a brick." Yeah, <laughs> you know, because well, it was leaning over, but again, it didn't look like it was touching. I'm, I am against it to replay for exactly this reason. It, like that's a fumble. Like that's a fumble, and like that's a fumble, and like the ball did not. The same way that they gave Alabama the touchdown when he reached yeah. over in the SEC championship game. Do, 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 do. Breaking news. They called a hold against Alabama. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm just saying, even that game, things go down a certain direction, right? Like, frankly, Alabama, Oklahoma, what if a couple weird things, what if it's 21 nothing rather than 28 nothing? That's a different game. Like, I have to say, I kind of loved Oklahoma after it got 28 nothing. Like, if I'm an Oklahoma fan, I feel good about how things are going. Mm-hmm. If you fall behind 28 nothing, and give Alabama a scare. You made Nick Saban break his headset when he's beating you by four touchdowns. Yeah, also, like, the way that Nick Saban handled himself in that game is a good reminder. I always think about it. It's the same joke I made whenever Kirby, like, mm-hmm. freaks out. I was like, this is too personal of a moment. Like, it's more emotion that I'm comfortable as a stranger seeing. 
There are, uh, Spencer Hall made a great joke about this on Twitter. There are like maybe five or six professions in the world where the way that Nick Saban was handling himself is acceptable in, in a public realm, in a professional way, in any possible way. What are the others? Uh, I assume most of them are involved being a prison guard or being <laughs> some sort of law enforcement. I think that's probably that probably is, uh, is part of it. Um, I would say uh, a CEO can't get away with that anymore. You can't get away with that if you're CEO anymore. I think that uh, I think maybe being a uh, a middle school teacher <laughs> would that be yeah. would, no no you, you know you're you're longtime baseball writer is that equivalent of a manager taking a base and throwing it down or something like oh, that? Oh, Earl Weaver wouldn't do that. You can't do that anymore as Earl Weaver, could you? Yeah, I mean, Earl Weaver. Could. Speaking of replay. One of the worst things about replays done in baseball is just gotten rid of the manager argument. That's right. Yeah. And it's so sad. It's like it's having yeah. the fun. Bobby Cox, Bobby Cox, I mean, how many, they would always keep track of how many times he's gotten thrown out. Yeah, like yeah. half of the fun of baseball is getting in arguments. And like now they only get arguments about whether they were warned, whether the, the guy threw at the guy or something. It's all like semantics and theoretical. Like no, one, no one's going to get mad. Nobody keeps dirt on anybody anymore because whatever. Like they, you're mad at the camera. You're mad at the yeah. replays. Yeah. Huh. So fun office pulls. Are we going to do that? Yeah, well, we got a few games left. You got it up? You're going to pull it up. I got it up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I haven't haven't had amphetamines. I'll shut up. Um, I really haven't. Okay. Uh, I've got, um, after you do fun office pulls, I have some Sugar Bowl Georgia trivia, and we got a podcast review. And and then we'll do the pick after all that. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and And then something else. All right, so... Oh. Let's start off with the Fiesta Bowl, guys. Fiesta Bowl. This LSU, is for all the Tostitos. UCF. What do you got, Scott? Who is it? UCF LSU. Gosh, I hope LSU just <laughs> beats them by as many points as they can. I think what's going to happen, though, I think LSU is probably going to win, but it's going to be like 53 to 50 or something like that because, you know, Central Florida can't stop anybody. I do not think it'll be 53 to 50, but I do think. LSU. LSU feels like a program, yeah. uh, unlike Auburn last year when they played UCF, LSU wants to show, like, there, there's a clear, like, all right, we got something to prove here a little bit. The way that I don't think really Auburn does. They're missing a lot of guys. Didn't some guys get in big, bad trouble with the cops or something? Yeah, I think they're back. They're, I, think okay. they're, I think they said that shooting was self-defense, which is okay. the most Baton Rouge thing to say. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like, literally, like, everything. But it, it, you really think a setback isn't everything self-defense? Is, is the entire country... I, I, I don't know what the question I want to ask, but... Everybody I know, down here is Rudy Okay, I'm, The rest of the country is Rudy Really? Okay. I think everybody, so. Yeah. Everybody hates the SEC. Okay. Like everybody else... It's hard for me to realize that. Why would anybody hate the SEC? Um, well, I don't pull for SEC teams, but I am for LSU. Yeah. So, I'm not really pulling for LSU as much as I think they're going to win. Um, but you know, I just who knows. There's still a lot of public sy- sympathy with UCF. Yeah, with their quarterback getting hurt, I feel like they're losing a little bit of it because of the national championship banner and all the smugness and not playing Florida because they wanted a two for one. And yeah, I still think it's people awesome. are tired of them. All right, move on. Uh, Holiday Bowl, Northwestern versus Utah. This is the Rose Bowl light. By the way, have we heard? Yeah. This is like the Pat Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald. We're going, go pack. Go Um, pack. (laughs) That's just for you. Go pack. uh, Uh, I really want that to happen because there is no way him and Aaron Rodgers will get along. Yeah. Like, I I want Fitzgerald to do the Packers so badly because that, I'm not. 
I don't want Scott to edit anything out. So that bull will not fly in the NFL. I want Fitzgerald to fail in the NFL so badly. Please, please Green Bay hire him. Please Green Bay hire him. He is... I would rather have Lovey Smith coach my NFL team than Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, that, remember, remember, Pat Fitzgerald, like, he, like, his big thing was that, like, oh, we're all, we're all a team, we're all a team, but, like, stomped that Northwestern Union drive thing out. Like, remember, the Northwestern players were trying to unionize, mm-hmm. and he, like, is the one that stomped that out. He is very much, he's so rah-rah in a league that is not rah-rah. He will fail fantastically if he goes to the NFL. I do not think the Packers will actually hire him, but I really want them to. So Utah or Northwestern? Uh, Utah. 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 Okay, so we have the Sun Bowl. Stanford takes on the Pittsburgh Panthers. You know, the interesting thing, the Sun Bowl is the only one that CBS does. Yeah. And so you get to hear that awesome CBS intro music and everything. Yeah, Yeah, that one. So Gary Danielson. I'm taking Stanford. I'm taking Stanford. Who are they playing? Pitt. I'll take Pitt. Uh, so we're now to the military bowl, Cincinnati versus Virginia tech. Cincinnati's 10 to two Virginia Tech is six and six. Yeah. So we haven't talked about, uh, South Carolina's failure in the bump bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big failure. Okay. That was a huge. I just, I just want to make sure we brought that up. I'll take Cincinnati. Yeah. Give me Cincy. Cincy. All right. On to the citrus bowl, Kentucky versus Penn state. Not everybody wants Kentucky, I guess. Penn State. I'm taking Penn State. Um, yeah, I missed the Liberty Bowl, Missouri versus Oklahoma State. Who cares about the Liberty Bowl? Liberty Bowl is so stupid. Even to be in that game is embarrassing. That's a Big Twelve matchup, isn't it? Uh, Missouri's going to beat the crap out of them. I'm just, uh, I'm just impersonating Georgia fans from, from two years ago. Um, I'm taking Missouri. Yeah, sure. It'll okay. be fun next year, Brian. Missouri <laughs> should be interesting. The Red Box Bowl, Michigan Box. State versus Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. It might be uh, Mario Cristobal's last game. Too. I love the idea, by the way, that Oregon could, could Oregon, which is a program yes. that like yes. is a great program right. and has like a ton of money behind it, could have two one-year coaches leave right. here to go back to Florida. That is amazing. Uh, or to it's a not Florida happening. School. Miami doesn't have ten million dollars to lose their camper rides a check, <laughs> or somebody sells a lot of cocaine, um, <laughs> or both. So, or both. Uh, the Tax Slayer Bowl: North Carolina State, Texas A and M. Chumbo is going to beat them so bad. <laughs> Texas A and M. Yeah. Outback Bowl, Mississippi State versus Iowa, the Hawkeyes. Both come in at eight and four. It's just like the Cow Pasture Bowl or something. Yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, Iowa. Iowa, Mississippi State. I like what they do yes. for the children's hospital. Yeah, I'm so. thinking Mississippi State, because the children's hospital. Because you don't like children. I I mean I have to say <laughs> I mean all I all I'm saying is that like I prefer kids that don't get sick. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I try not to laugh at that. <laughs> I, I only tried. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Give me, oh, give me the bizarro, the bizarro dogs. Reason. Give me the bizarro dogs. Um, I'm sorry that I, I had that joke coming. That I, I, I earned that joke. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, pour some out for Paul Johnson losing his last tent game to row the boat. And did, yeah. then you saw how his last play was. They yeah, fumbled it. They fumbled yeah. it. Of course they did. All right, the granddad of them all, Washington versus Ohio State. Urban Meyer's last game before he goes off to glory to teach ethics and leadership to young men and women. I hope Washington scores all the points, even though they probably won't. I'm just hoping that they and, – and I'm also hoping they don't run late and cut into Georgia's uh, time where Georgia has to start on like ESPN Classic or something like that. This is definitely a game you want to go fast. Yeah. It probably won't, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking I'm, – I'm taking Ohio State. I'm taking Ohio State. I'm taking Ohio State. 
Last game before the Jacob Eason era. So, is this the Georgia game? We're going to do the national championship game, but we'll save the Georgia game for after. After, okay, cool. So, the national championship game, Alabama, Clemson. This is literally the third freaking time I've been to a national championship game with with Clemson and Alabama. I'm getting a little sick of that. I'm gonna it's not even fun, right? Because like no. Clemson's won one. Right. Like if Clemson would have yeah, lost that's one, true. then it would be a lot, a lot more fun. Yeah. But Clemson's already won one. I before this game happened, um but I mean before the games Saturday happened, um one of the things I said is that if Tua didn't play against Oklahoma, I thought Oklahoma could win. Um I was sitting back looking at the stats from this game. Essentially the Orange Bowl was a mirror image of the Rose Bowl last year, except for Alabama jumped out to the lead. Um and then Oklahoma came back, not vice versa. Of course, their, their comeback fell short. Um, I am of the opinion that despite Clemson's weak ass, I'm sorry, weak schedule, earmuffs, um, weak schedule, um, I think they have enough firepower to match Alabama. They have enough defense to match Alabama, and Clemson will win this football game. Well, I I kind of saw all I needed to see yesterday. In fact, I wasn't really that interested. And like a lot of you, dear listeners, um, I was pretty bored watching Clemson throttle Notre Dame, and I I was I fell asleep in the third quarter of the uh, Alabama game, and then you know kind of woke up and I'm like, wow, Oklahoma's going to make a game of this, and they didn't. But it was uh, fun. They tried. It, it was fun that they tried. Um, you know, I think if, if Alabama has that quick start, like they see, it seems to be a patented quick start, which Georgia actually thwarted. You know, they were the only team that didn't let Alabama jump all over them early, and you saw it happen. So, really, it comes down to if, if Clemson can, you know, not have those mistakes and, and kind of keep Alabama from jumping out, then they've got a chance. However, I just don't see it happening twice in one season. Yes, I mean, it happened with Georgia being able to hold them back. I don't think Clemson has much of a chance. I think Alabama is, is the best team in college football. They've proved it, and Clemson plays in the ACC. It's not that I'm pulling for Alabama, but Alabama is going to win, and it's not going to be that interesting in the fourth quarter. I have to say I agree with Scott. I think that Tua is back. Yeah. We saw him in that game looking awesome. With Tua playing like Tua, it is what we said about Alabama all year. It's Alabama having their... Team team they always have, except this year they have the Cam Newton, and I think Tua. Yeah. I think Tua should have won the Heisman in the first place, and he had, he literally had like one bad game and because Georgia, and he was hurt. It's because of your article. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes. Yeah. I, I I still get yelled at at people every once in a while about about our piece for us. It's like, oh, was well, it okay to think that we're doomed now? And I was like, okay, fine. Then don't go to the games. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, there's no such thing as curses, Will, which is what I said in the email before, when you predicted I would beat you in the in the we're searching for our bliss. That's right. Yeah, congratulations years. to Will. And Patrick winning. Lindsay doesn't get hurt. You still haven't won, but he got hurt. Yeah, so. Will won his first ever. Uh, I've been doing the same fantasy league for 20 that's right. years. I started at the Sporting News in 1998, and uh, I finally won it 20 years in. And Tony came in second. Tony came in second. I was in the championship for the second time and in third, three years. you darn near beat me. Yeah. <laughs> you darn near beat me. And uh, uh, the, the only reason I didn't win is because I picked up C.J. Anderson. Yeah. And Patrick won. Lindsay got hurt. Yes. That was so. a good pickup. But yeah. anyway, the point is, is I uh, uh, let's talk more about fantasy teams that none of our listeners have yeah, anything to do that's with. Fine. Yeah. Um, I, so, I, I think that Alabama, I think Tua has his dominant game. And I, I think he's the, one of the best college football players I've seen in a really long time. And I think this is his culmination. And he wins the national championship. Yes. All right. So let's do some trivia. Uh, number ten, one. Ten to nine. 
Georgia's all-time record versus Texas. Because we only talk about the 84 game when they played in the Cotton Bowl, but I, I was surprised to see that they played previously before that. Well, how many kids? No, they haven't many? played since 84. Right. Just a, it's not, not that. the number of games that they played? Sure. How many, how many games have they played? I'm going to guess 11. I'm going to go with five. They've played four times. Okay. The only win versus Texas came in the, in the, in Cotton, the Bowl. Cotton Bowl. The okay. previous games were the 49 Orange Bowl. They lost to Texas. They played in Atlanta in 57 and Austin in 58. Oh, okay. so, I assume they played in Columbus every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That would be a thing. Uh, 10 to 9 is the famous um, score for the 84 Cotton Bowl, which was the final score for Georgia. Who scored those points? For Georgia, mm-hmm. John Lastinger. And Rex Rob, no, it would be Kevin Butler, right? Kevin Butler, yeah. yep. John Lassinger, Kevin Butler. Uh, Did you guys see by the way the Mike Bobo shout out on Sports Center this morning? Mm-hmm. No, what happened? Uh, because Tua put up the second best ever completion percentage in a bowl, in a major bowl game. And first <laughs> and was of course Bobo, Mike Bobo. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah that was the. And it's funny because the, the, I think the quarterbacks on the list were like Tua. Aaron Rodgers and like some other NFL star and Bobo. <laughs> Mike Bobo. <laughs> Joe Montana. That was the 98, January 1st, 1998 Outback Bowl. I Outback, was there yeah. and they played against Ron Dane and uh, Barry Alvarez. Wisconsin. Isn't the Outback Bowl in Orlando? Tampa. No, it's in Tampa. Tampa. It's so one of those. the Outback was, of course, invented in. Right, because yeah, they, they have a lot of Australians. Tampa, Tampa Australia. Yeah. Um, All right, so uh, question number three What was Texas ranked in the 1984 Cotton Bowl? Six. Three. They were ranked number two. Okay. Which was interesting because Georgia beat Texas. And later that night, number five, Miami, upset number one, Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. Texas would have had the national championship. Instead, the national championship went to Miami. And that would have been, was that the first of that? Well, this is 84. It was the after the end of the 83 season. Yeah, the 83 season. 84, yeah. sure. Well, you know yeah. who else was in the top five that year? Illinois. Illinois was in the top five year. And if Illinois would have won the Rose Bowl over Rick Neuheisel and UCLA, Illinois would have been number one that year. Wow. You didn't think I was ready for that one. That is strong. That's, That's been your awesome. Illinois minute. <laughs> Illinois, to this day, would be the only team in Big Ten history to beat every other team in the Big Ten in the regular season. They wow. were 9-0 in the Big Ten that year. Wow. Who knew? I didn't. So uh, if Illinois would have won that game... They would have a national championship since, since Georgia, Georgia has a yeah, national championship. I knew that was coming. The 19, since you mentioned the 1983 season. You shut your mouth and you talked about it. For the record, it. they lost like 45 to 9. So they, they did not come close to winning. And Rick Neuhausel's made an entire career off of it. Georgia went 10-1-1 that season, which culminated with the Cotton Bowl win. Who did they lose to and who did they tie? This was your uh, in your heyday. No, I was still in, I was in high school. They tied at Clemson. That's correct. 16 to 16. Oh, they lost to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They lost to, uh, they were number 13 at the time. They lost 7 to 3. Yep. Uh, interesting was, fact. Was Pat Dye the coach of that Auburn? Yes. Yeah. Interesting fact. During that 83 season, Georgia also had another game where they won 10 to 9. They beat Florida that year 10 to 9. I'll be dog. So, okay. interesting fact there. How many bowl games were there in the 1983 hmm, season? Let me try this one. 12. Let me take a guess. Let's see. I'm, I'm going through all the cities I can think of where they were, where games were played. I just have the number written down. Okay. I'm going to go with 14. 16. 16. Okay. Yep. Was much, was it's funny. Well, you are so on top of it. My next question was, who played in that season's Rose Bowl? <laughs> Illinois. And UCLA won UCLA. 45 to 9. 45. I think it's low. Was that? 45 to 9. That was bad. Yeah. No, that was the bad. interesting. That was very frustrating. The other interesting fact on this, the final AP poll for that season, the 83 season. 
Miami was number one. Nebraska is number two. Auburn finished third. Georgia finished fourth. Texas fifth. Florida sixth. BYU seventh. Michigan eight. Ohio State ninth. And the tenth team in the country UCF. was Illinois. Oh, okay. Wow. And, but Illinois would have been number one if they won that UCLA game. They did get wiped out. I still have a bottle of Coke. You have an Illinois bottle of Coke? I have a celebratory, wow. celebratory bottle of Coke from the 1984 season. Wow. All right. That's, so, that's pre-New Coke. That is. That, yeah, that was 85. So why is the Sugar Bowl called the Sugar Bowl? Uh, because New Orleans used to have, or there used to be a ton of sugar refineries around. They would bring the sugar cane in from both in Louisiana and Cuba. That sounds plausible, and that might that might be an addendum to what mm-hmm. the sentence I have written down here. Or you could just not say what you said. Yeah, Wikipedia <laughs> might not have that part updated. That's right. I actually looked on Hold like on, a, a minute. I actually looked on a commodities website for this, and I got I, one free page view before then they wanted me to charge me for it. I also uh, donated two thirty five to Wikipedia when I updated it just now, so I think I'm right. The game's original stadium was built on land where Etienne de Boer became the first person in Louisiana to crystallize sugar in granules in seventeen ninety five. Okay. And so I guess uh, Tulane Stadium was built on that because that's where they originally started playing the Sugar Bowl. Okay. So anyway, anyway um, thanks for that. We now have one iTunes review that we awesome. got. Um, we got it on December 18th. Awesome. It's a five-star okay. review. Awesome. It's titled um, 150 Reviews, and it's by Rake the Jake. He's the author of this. He said, heard on the latest episode, you were close to 150 reviews, so here you go. And you're welcome. Go dogs. Nice. Nice. Rake the Jake. Nice. Thanks, nice. Jake. Jake. Rake the Jake. Rake? Rake I think we're calling Rake. Rake the Jake. Um, or, and, is it, or is that a command? Oh. It could be a command. It could be a sentence. It could be. So this is the last show of 2018. Is it? Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so far. No, dear reader. Dear reader. The look. Uh, dear listener. The look on Scott's face. So since the inception of this podcast, we have... Published 170 episodes. Okay. We have 150 star ratings, 138 five stars, four four stars, two three stars. Sounds like a George's recruiting. Uh, three two stars and three one star reviews. Um, and are almost certainly my fault. <laughs> and Will, I know that you don't like getting in statistics, but I just want to say uh, one statistic. Uh, Since the inception of this podcast, we've had 190,000 plays, which okay. I think is pretty cool to hear. Okay, 100, 184,000 of those have been my mom. So <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. The, you're, you're good now, Will. The most popular countries, the top three countries United playing States? our podcast, is the United States. Okay. Second place is minor light lying territories. The United States. <laughs> no, the UK. <laughs> And then third, third Canada. is Canada. Yeah. And then the most, me. the most three popular cities is Atlanta, uh-huh. Athens, and Decatur, Georgia. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, is, is there, can you look and see? I would be curious. What is the biggest city outside of Georgia? I've looked at that, and I think it's Chicago. Chicago. Well, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And we've had 101,000 no, no, no. plays okay. in one year, which I just think is cool. Um, I think it's good. Like, listen, I, I, you know, I mean, last year was the really crazy year for Georgia football. Right. So the idea that we are have grown since then. Yes. And the most popular episodes this season have been, or actually ever, most popular episodes ever uh, is one, 167, which is UGA at the Crossroads versus Alabama again. That's okay. the most, most That's listened the previous, to episode the ever. Yep. Yeah. The second most listened to episode is uh, the last one we did, Georgia Football Fake Punts and Waffle House, okay. is what I titled it. And then the third most popular episode is our 2018 Georgia Preview Show. Okay. Cool. So um, that does it with that. And so I having, don't understand that about podcasts. Because mm-hmm. like, 
If I subscribe to a podcast, right, I just get every episode. Right. Like it's always weird for me to have like like are people just being like, nah, I'm not downloading that one. I don't I guess know. It's the way I don't it works. Know. Yeah. No, I don't. I yeah. rarely I listen just to download. something I'll download. Yeah. yeah. Right. I wrote podcast goals for 2019. I said for 2018 we did 47 episodes. For so I wrote 2018 a, for 2018. So I wrote a, including this one. I wrote a goal. For mine, for next year, would be 60 episodes. Wow, okay. Um, These are goals, so I'm going to ask you your goals. I want to include more evergreen content, meaning some more Mm one-on-one interviews. I I think those are I've got some of those lined up already. I'd like to start something. uh, I've kind of titled this a spotlight series with interesting UGA fans or famous people to ask about their UGA experience. I think that would be interesting. Um, And then I'd also like to incorporate a little bit more video production into future Podcasting. What are y'all's goals for 2019 for the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast? It doesn't um, have to be as many as mine. To not run out of bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're getting quite a collection over there. In the corner. Yeah. To. I mean, I, I, you know, my, it, it's, it's, it's hard to think about this in terms of goals, and I'll be honest about this, um, because this really is, and it will always remain as long as it remains a fun opportunity to drink bourbon and talk football with buddies. It's meeting everything I want it to meet. Um, so as long as we don't run out of bourbon, I'm cool. Um, I will say that one of my highlights of uh, this year, I think I work in a lot of different things. I, lo- I, do a, I work in a lot of different fields, do a lot of different things. I, um, <clears throat> the number of people that showed up for the thing after Georgia Tech kind of blew me away. And, uh, and, and I really feel like that needs... You know, I mean, we had done one thing before that a lot of people showed up for. So for me, I was just kind of like, yeah, we'll see what happens, what happens. The number of people that showed up, the number, the quality of the people that showed up, uh, that everyone, every single person I talked to at that thing was uh, engaged and enjoyable and fun and, and all had the kind of the right mindset. They were good Georgia fans. Yeah. And it felt, yes, that's exactly right. And listen, we both, we all complain about the bad Georgia fans and none of those people were like that. And and, and if they were, they were polite enough to hide it while they're talking <laughs> to us. And um, it was, you know, I, I don't look at numbers. Right. And I don't like knowing. I just, I make shit. Sorry. Crap. That's all right. No, we're good. Like, this is my rule yeah. about my career is I make shit. And I don't fret about how many people are seeing it or how, whether people are like it or whether I'm trying to bring in a lot more people. I just make stuff. I like that approach. hopefully people will find it. And so what was exciting about that for me was to see we've just been making stuff and people found it and came out and wanted to be a part of it. It was very exciting. That, that to me was as, uh, as frustrating as what would happen seven days later was. Uh, that put a really kind of great glow about everything what we were doing. Yeah. I, I really like the way you put wanted to be a part of it because that's the one thing I found when – I've had the experience over the past few months of people coming, literally coming by my office. I I talked about the federal judge, Judge Carla Wood, and um, down in Brunswick, Georgia, came by my office. And I've had other people come by my office. I mean, we, I've recently had a colleague of my wife who was on a cruise in the Caribbean and was like, Oh, you're a Georgia fan. You should listen to this podcast. And it was our podcast. And of course, they started fangirl, fangirling, fanboying. Sure. her because of course she works with my wife and you know she had been on the podcast. Um, so I am 100 with Will on this. I, I would, you know, when I used to to run the George Sports Blog. I guess not only I still run it, but when I used to run it, I, when I first started, I was really worried about numbers. And I found the more I worried about the numbers, the worse I wrote, 
and the less I enjoyed doing it. And I, I, I mean, I maintain that I do this because it's fun. And the second I start worrying about numbers is when I'm probably going to want to stop doing it. Just because, you know, this is this is an opportunity for 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 us. I think I think I speak for the two of you to kind of commune with the, with Georgia fans in a in a very personal way. And I think that was illustrated when people were talking about just like. And you, I think you said, you know, like, but the thing about the trick of podcasts is like, you feel like you're just talking to me yeah. and you know, people we listen to it in the shower or whatever you listen to it wherever you like. Um, please listen to so, it exclusively in the shower. So if I, <laughs> yeah. So if I had a goal is us for, it would be for us to maintain that vibe and be continue to be in a position to turn out as we'll put to, to make shit in a way that people really connect to in that way. Yeah. And, and, you know, I really feel like if this were, uh, I hope people recognize this, but like, listen, whatever, like we all have our own lives, we all doing our own thing. But like, if we were making this thing, it'd be like, man, we need to like make this thing and then we need to sell it here mm-hmm. and we need to go do this. I think people would be able to tell. Yeah. And like, this is a fun thing to do. This makes me more, this actively makes me more excited, not just to like watch Georgia sports, but like to go out in Athens and I'll like run into someone like I, there's nothing better. One of my favorite experiences in Athens is when I give someone my like, cause this is a college town. So you always get carded even yeah, though you yeah, look yeah. like me and, um, and uh, to give them an ID and be like, Oh man, listen to your podcast. It's like, uh, it's happened to me multiple times. I don't and, get carded much, but it does happen to me. <laughs> it is awesome. That is, that is literally why I do anything. So uh, to be able to do that, if that if, for us to just get to keep doing it, for me is is, is exciting. And, and and also to hopefully get everyone excited in a macro Georgia uh, sports fan sense uh, to have us remember that this is it's really cool to be in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to be like the, the idea that this season is probably going to end with Georgia's number three team in the country. Is something that we should be happy about rather than frustrated about. And I think that could lead us into a prediction. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I'll, go, I'll start first, and then we can go Will, and then we'll let the captain. What, what are you, what are you, do you have a goal? Do you, do you yeah, I had a bunch of goals. You know, when, here, before we get into it, and I'm glad you reminded me that, um, my goals are more analytical, but that's okay because we can't all have the same view on all this. I'm not sitting here analytical to make money or something. I just, you got to look at the numbers. You got to look at like things you want to do production wise. And that's I'm glad great. You do that for us yeah. because yes. I really, it, yeah. it would, it would hurt my soul. Right. Right. I mean, frankly, I wouldn't want to do the podcast if I didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it it kind of works out well that all three of us have different temperaments, talents, and convictions about bringing it towards this podcast. So, but I'm glad you said that well because it is true that um, you know it is fun to make stuff. You know, uh, I know I do that with video work and photography, and now with audio, and um, and it's a lot of fun. Get more people excited about this really fun Georgia basketball. Yeah, the basketball they're actually really fun. Well, maybe that's the thing. We'll do more basketball related podcasts. And I was just thinking that is one place we could pick up some podcasts. Is like, and I realize, Will, your schedule makes it harder to do that, but we, you know. To do a few more basketball podcasts would be fun. Season when I was still doing the show all the way through it, we can, yeah, we can, we can do right, that. right. So prediction for the Sugar Bowl, um, I think that George is going to come out um, surprisingly uh, jacked up for this game. I must say, and I, I mean, maybe I'm the only one who believes this, but I truly believe after seeing all the screen grabs of Georgia players like 
Mikkel Hardman and Holyfield and others tweeting about the Clemson uh, Notre Dame game and even the Alabama Oklahoma game saying almost like feeling a little bit disrespected because when you're 18 to 22 guess what that disrespect feeling is what motivates you to go out there and, and run into someone else for 60 minutes um, so I think Georgia is going to have plenty of motivation I think it's awesome that we're playing Texas I mean it's just one of those games where you just look at the helmets on the field and you're like wow we're playing against the Longhorns I think this is is, is really awesome and um you know, I think it's just going to be typical Georgia. It might even look a little bit similar to the SEC championship game, yet Georgia doesn't let a, a running mobile quarterback um, get in, in their way and, and kind of pull out pull a rabbit out of their hat. So I think Georgia puts it on early and keeps it on them the entire game. And, um, you know, in the fourth quarter, they pull away. Let's say it's going to be about 38 to 31. Yeah, I'm a little worried. I'll go next. I'm a little worried about uh, the secondary, and I would be more worried about the secondary if uh, they had a quarterback that could take advantage of it a little bit more. I can see them maybe getting a big hit early, and that's kind of freaking out a little bit. This still feels like a game that if Georgia is. This is. I mean, this is the, how you pick any bowl game. How motivated are the teams to play? It strikes me, and maybe we're wrong, but it strikes me that Georgia is very motivated to play this game and very motivated to be the number three team in the country, very motivated to show that they should have been one of those four teams. Even if I don't personally think they should have, I think the team is very motivated to be to do that, and I think they take advantage of it. I'm going to say Georgia 34, Texas 17. It was kind of weird for me to be in the place where I'm the least worried, um, <laughs> which makes me kind of frankly <laughs> want to reevaluate the way I feel. Um, so... When I step back and look at this from the macro view, um, it's hard for me not to look and go back to my old standby, which is Bill Connolly's numbers. Texas currently right now is ranked between South Carolina and Kentucky. Um, There was a lot of talk in both of those games about how this was the big test. This is the best time for South Carolina to catch us. This is the best time for Kentucky to catch us. And frankly, both those games turned into games that we saw all season with the exception of two games or maybe three games counting Missouri, which is Georgia comes out. They don't really pull away, but also never really feel like the game is out of hand in, in second half. They just crockpot the team. And when crockpot, I mean that exactly the way Spencer Hall talks about Alabama doing that. Um, he, he says they pick your legs, up. pick your legs up and kick you until you die. Yeah. You let them, let you kick until you die or run out of steam. Um, that feels like what's going to happen here. I, I think, I think probably Texas's offense is probably a little, too good for us to keep them out of the end zone in the second half more than, you know, a bunch, but which means they're probably going to score some points in the second half. Um, but I also think their defense is, is probably, I think our offense in our depth will overwhelm their defense in the second half, um, which is why I have no problem whatsoever picking this game at 44-23, something like that, 20-point game, cover the spread pretty easily. Um, get, that gets Rodrigo some kicks and also <laughs> holds them out of the end zone some. I like to get Rodrigo back on track. Yes, yeah, he needs to be back <laughs> That'd on be track. Kind of nice. Yeah, kind of nice. yeah. He, I mean, yeah, we need to we need to get him out yeah, out, out the world a little bit. Let him let him meet. You're some not folks. hearing a lot of is Rodrigo going to go pro uh, no. in the last couple. Of well, he's got a Heisman to win next year. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a Nobel Peace Prize to win. Next year. I mean, he's the hero we all need. Yeah, I mean, he, he might not be the one we deserve. He's the one we need. He's right definitely now. the one we need. So, so horns down, horns down, y'all. Um, it's been a hell of a 2018, y'all. Yes, let's has. go out and get a win in the Sugar Bowl and let's see what we can do. We made it. Go dogs. Go dogs.
And thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments or just want to tweet about the game with us during the Sugar Bowl, hit us up on Twitter at WSLS Podcast and look out for our post-game show later this week. And we'll quickly discuss what we feel the result of the Sugar Bowl means to UGA heading into the 2019 season. That's it for today. Safe travels to Tony and all of you road dogs heading down to New Orleans for the game. And we'll see you on campus very soon. Happy New Year to everyone. And as always, go dogs. Um, so earlier in the week, I tasked tasked one of my uh, sons, who you sometimes hear on the uh, podcast at the end of the session, uh, JT, uh, not W. W's asleep because it's uh, it's late and it's he's a, a little night. guy and he's no. tired. Not a school night, but um, so Jack came up with uh, trivia questions for you uh, and me and maybe me because I haven't seen him either. I ha- I also had trivia questions, uh, thinking that I would read these off in case he was too busy playing Fortnite or something. But Jack came through. And uh, so he has trivia questions for Will and Tony. So, Jack, Jack do, you, do you play Fortnite, by the way? Mm-hmm. You, yes. can, you can talk. You can yes. talk. This is I this do. is good podcast. Can you good. nod? Because this is encouraging to me because I generally am scared of things like Fortnite. But your brain does not seem fried, so it's a good sign. Do you have a limit? There's like a certain number of hours you get to play Fortnite, or eight hours a day. No, 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 no. There's no, no, there's no, no limit. There's no, no limit. No, but lower. you don't play eight hours a day. No. He can plays you do a Fortnite dance? Yeah, show, show them. The, this would be good podcasting as well. Okay, do the Orange Justice. Oh, there's different ones? Yeah. Okay, There's a, that's enough. That's enough of that. All right, do your trivia. I think the, the Fresh Prince yeah. of Bel-Air guy just sued me. <laughs> that's right. Um, the Carl. Okay, so, okay. Uh, give us your trivia. Let's go. Okay, so what you're going to do for trivia, if you name the mascot of the team, you get a point. Okay. If you name the conference, you get a point. If you name both, you get three. So name the mascot of Delaware. The Blue Hens. And the conference is? Delaware Valley. No, it's uh, the Colonial Athletic. They're in the CAA, okay. okay. All right, so that's one point for him. Next, bring it. The Texas uh, The Montana. Grizzlies. Ugh. And what conference are they in? I believe they are in, I'm going to go with the Mountain West. Big West. The big Sky. Big Sky. Big Sky. Big sky. Big sky. Good call, okay. Tony, the Stephen F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin are the Colonels. Lumberjacks. 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 Will got that, yes. And they are in the Big South. Southland? In the Southland. Southland. Will again. Wow. Good job. I don't don't think I get this. I don't get this point. I'm giving them to you. No, you should. I'm I'm just doing this. Hey, hey. I would not say, I don't want Take the the points, points, Will. I'll I'll take them away. I don't want the points. (laughs) Will's a man of honor. Okay, bring it. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Yes. They are in the, s- the Sun Belt? You got a guess? Conference USA. Mm-hmm. Nah. He's right. I, I, don't, don't, I don't get that. Don't give him the point, not me. <laughs> I'm advocating all points on the, on, on the comeback. The Youngstown. It's 2 2, right? Is that what it's 2 2. Yes. Yeah, it is. They're the Penguins. The Youngstown State Penguins. penguins. This, it's my turn. You should look at me. I contact youngster. It's not all about you every um, day. Sh- that's, you should tell yourself that. Uh, the Youngstown Pe- State Penguins are in the... This is a weird conference. Don't give them a hint. No, th- it is a weird conference. <laughs> it's a very weird conference. Horizon. 
They're in the Missouri Valley. No, the Missouri Valley? Okay. Mm-hmm. See, that's not, that weird. that's not weird. No, if you like basketball, it's not weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, then. So the, are these the final two questions? Mm-hmm. Thank God. So, so wait, there's an odd number of questions. So? Uh, well, because then one person gets to do more than the other one. But anyway, okay, go ahead. Well, let's call the next one a tiebreaker. Okay. What was the lowest Sugar Bowl score? And what year was it played in? And this who is were my the teams? Response to that question, I want to. I want to the mascot in the conference. Um, I'm somehow remembering like an Auburn Pat die tie game. Is Auburn one of the teams? No. Okay, then I have they no are not. And then is it nine six LSU uh, Georgia uh, LSU Alabama? No. no, that wasn't sure. No. Okay, I, that was just, I'm just throwing it out. Just... Tony, you got any guesses? I feel like there was a, like a three zero game at some point, uh, but I was trying to remember maybe five to three or something like that, some weird like that. Who likes to give hints to him. Yeah. Let's see, what, 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 what you, because you're much smarter than me. What does he have on you? Knows about my amphetamines. First of all, I go to school with his son. Yeah, oh, there's that. Right. Um, there's that. His, so. And Kristen coaches a basketball. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, point. My good point. Good so point. He's trying to. Yeah. All right, let's give him the um, answer. So the lowest Sugar Bowl score was TCU three, LSU two. Three to two. I was right. Oh. You said 5'3". That would have been like the mid-30s, right? Do I remember that? Yeah. In 1936. Okay, cool. And the final question, right? Okay. What year did Georgia play in their first Sugar Bowl? The first Sugar Bowl? I think you might be wrong in this, Jack. It's not the first, but it's one of them. Because the first Sugar Bowl would have been... 1947. So I'd say the 40s, right? Yeah. Okay. How about this? Maybe what? Dooley's first Sugar Bowl. Is that what sure. you're thinking that, of? That'll work. That'll work. So, hold on. Let me think. Oh, did you see the moon's out tonight? 69? Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Did that, that help? Did that was that the Wonder Dogs? Did that help? The moon's the, out? No. Moon landing was 69? Oh, no. That didn't oh, help at all because I completely so missed it. What you, I honestly thought okay. the moon was out tonight. No, it's not. No, yeah, no. That's Although there's a full lunar eclipse in a couple yeah. weeks. So I don't know what that means. Uh, Will, can you name the team that Georgia played against? Oh, I remember. I remember. I'll give you a hint. It's your favorite person. Yeah, give me a hint. It's a current SEC member. Oh, uh, Missouri. Texas no. A&M. No. Southwestern Conference team. Uh, um, uh, wait. If it's not Texas A&M, it's only one other. No, wait, who's the other one? Um, hang on. Give me a second. A second. Arkansas. There you go. There you are. Arkansas won 16-2. to two. Georgia only oh, got wow. a safety that big, game. Big night for safeties. Yeah, big night yeah. for safeties. Well, thank you, Jack. Thanks, I Jack. appreciate well, you uh, Jack. putting this Very together. Good. good job. Good job with the questions. Do you, do you, since, since we're going to have this I'd be a little careful about the balance of questions and the odd numbers and the equal. But hey, you know what? Hey. You're a kid. You're learning. Yeah. I, of hey. course, think you answered, asked the perfect number of questions and gave the appropriate number of hints. Jack, will you, you want to give a prediction to the Sugar Bowl, the Georgia-Texas game? What do you think is going to happen? Are there going to be little bitty, uh, little bitty DeAndre Swifts? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give me a quick prediction. I think Georgia's going to win this game. Uh, I mean, Sam Ellinger is pretty good. Uh, Georgia's going to win 35-21. Okay, so no no field goals for Rodrigo, just change, straight up change, touchdowns. Got to change my answer. Straight up okay. touchdowns. All right, well, thanks, Jack. Mm-hmm. Thanks, You're Jack. welcome. All right, now you can go to bed. Good night, dude. I'm tired. Good night, dude. Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to... Fist Ham sandwich. Ham sa- what, what? There are the <laughs> children <laughs> these days and what they do with their hands. <laughs> wait until you have a 12-year-old. Yeah. I'm just just I, you wait. 
can I just shake your hand? We're in a no. business meeting, son. No, it's not. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> it does explain the martinis and the cigars. Yeah. I need my fancy pen back. You cannot have cigars. Okay. It's not. It's not that fancy. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> yeah.